Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly astrology forecast for the week of November 18th through the 24th. Okay, this week we have a number of planetary ingresses or planets changing signs, so we're going to be getting a different vibe in the sky. Um, we're going to start off the week uh, heading towards a last quarter moon, um, so kind of the, the ending of our lunar cycle that we're going to be experiencing. Um, Mars is going to be ingressing into the sign of Scorpio on Tuesday the 19th. Mercury is stationing direct in Scorpio as well on Wednesday. Um, the sun is going to be changing from uh, the Mars-ruled domicile of Scorpio into the Jupiterian or the, the, uh, uh, the, jovial, the jovial sign of uh, Sagittarius, Jupiter-ruled and hosted. Um, and then we're going to see a pretty, pretty nice, uh, extravagant Venus-Jupiter conjunction at the end of the week. At the same time, we're seeing an explosive Mars-Uranus opposition. So uh, that is a busy week um, with lots of, uh, lots of points where we may be experiencing some important um, experiences or messages that we should be paying attention to. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get through all of it as best we can. Um, starting out with the essential dignities this week, the sun is going to be in the sign of Scorpio, uh, going through the third decan of Scorpio for the first couple days, um, where it is still peregrine. It is in the final degrees of Scorpio, where it is in the terms of Saturn. So remember the terms, terms and bounds were a similar um, a, a similar name for the uh, a type of dignity that is associated with uh, setting the curriculum or the rules that that planet has to follow or the etiquette that it is, is expected of it to to do its work. So with uh, the terms and Saturn's terms at the end of the um, sign here, we may have to do some some of the tough work that we don't necessarily want to do. Uh, you know, Saturn was associated with necessity. And necessity is kind of like all that stuff we've got to grind through that may not be fun, but maybe things that we are uh, required to do to, to, to move forward in our life. Okay, uh, towards the middle of the week, the, the sun is going to ingress or change temples or change signs into the sign of Sagittarius, which is Jupiter ruled. Uh, and it's going to be on Jupiter's terms in the very beginning of the sign. Um, and it's going to have triplicity rulership by day. So we're going to be gaining some dignity with the sun towards the middle of the week here. Uh, the sun is also going to be sitting at the table with its host, Jupiter, being in the same sign. So that is a, in uh, traditional astrology, is a very good condition for a planet because it's able to get the resources that it needs from its host. So in this case, uh, Jupiter is going to be providing the ability to build bridges in our life, the ability to um, bring abundance into our life. It'll bring the, the qualities of optimism, of perhaps visionary uh, qualities to our solar um, journey, uh, where we are kind of thinking about what kind of, uh, what kind of path we want to take and what kind of long-term goals that we have. So that's going to be supported. Um, Jupiter itself is still in very good shape. It's in the third decan of Sagittarius, where it is the ruler or it's in its own domicile or in its own temple. It's very comfortable, has triplicity rulership by the nighttime. 
Um, and in the final degrees here of uh, Sagittarius, uh, it, Jupiter is going to be playing by the rules of Mars. So there's going to be um, potentially action involved. Um, you know, there is a cutting and a severing and an accelerating quality to, to Mars. So Jupiter may be experiencing that kind of um, need to, to take action, the need to, um, you know, assert our willpower uh, and, and things like that and through the last de degrees of, of uh, Sagittarius. Saturn is going to be in the second decan still of Capricorn in its own domicile on the terms of Venus. So that's an interesting combo, right? Where we've got the planet that's associated with things that are dirty and, and decay and stuff like that and, and uh, playing by the rules of the planet that's associated with harmony and beauty and cleanliness. So um, this may be uh, a time in your life where to be able to set boundaries and to you know, you know, restructure your life. You have to kind of use a little bit of, of charm. You might have to beautify your environment. Um, maybe this is a time to clean up the dirty spaces in your life. This could, this is a great KonMariing time. Um, if you're familiar with that concept, as the, the Japanese magic of tidying up. Um, I uh, last week <clears throat> I was. Um, getting some frustration over not being able to move forward in a certain situation in my life. And I ended up um, trying to think about what I had control over. And one of the things was I was waiting for some communication and my email was very backed up. Like I had literally years worth of junk mail and communications on like thousands of unread emails and I went through for an entire afternoon and I deleted over 10,000 emails and uh, marked everything as read. And now I have like the ability, I didn't, I didn't get completely clean, but I got everything to the point where I can filter out all the emails uh, to the point where I can see everything that is unread and then, you know, kind of have a little bit of clarity in that uh, arena of my life that's associated with communication. Uh, and that felt really good. That felt really empowering. It was it was a, something where I was able to like figure out what I had control over and take that action rather than kind of repeatedly beating my head against a, a door that wasn't ready to open yet. So, um, and that can have really uh, uh, that can have long range kind of effects on other situations in our life. A lot of times that we say as above, so below, right? where you know what's happening in the sky is reflected in, in what is happening here down on earth. But we also can say, as within, so without. Uh, so some of the things that are reflected in your outer reality uh, can be reflected in your inner reality. So if the things in your outer uh, circumstances aren't moving forward in the way that you want them to, perhaps it's reflected, uh, reflecting a, a situation where you may feel internally confused about something. So Perhaps if we get our mind right, right, if we're able to restructure some of the way that we think about something, we may see that lead us to taking actions in the outer world that are more well considered. doesn't mean that it'll automatically unravel every roadblock or every knot that you have in your life. Um, but uh, if you tend to have a clearer mind, you may naturally gravitate towards actions that are better considered you may just be in a better mood you may you may uh not do the thing that is uh creating resistance in your life and i think that that 
you know, that's one of the things about astrology that's really interesting. And um, I found that to be true this week. And a few situations started opening up after I, after I did that. And it was, it was really, uh, it was encouraging. Um, okay. So that's Saturn in the terms of Venus here. Venus herself is going to be in the third decan of Sagittarius, uh, where she doesn't necessarily have any essential dignity, um, but she is playing, she is on the terms of Saturn through degrees 21 through 26, and then uh, on the terms of Mars, 26 through 30. So it's kind of like uh, Venus and, and Saturn are exchanging, um, you know, dignities by term. Or they're going to be in, in like mutual reception by term. So they're playing by each other's rules. So there's a relationship this week between Venus and Saturn and the combination of those two planets. Um, so, so keep an eye out for that and, and trying to balance those two uh, archetypal energies within your life. Mars, um, good news with Mars this week. We're going to be starting out the first day and a half or so with Mars still in Libra in its exile. Uh, but it's in its own terms. So the last two degrees of Libra are the terms of Mars. So Mars gets to kind of play by its own rules for the beginning of the week here. And we're, we're sort of experiencing that as I'm recording this now on, on Sunday, um, where we are, the, the condition of Mars is incrementally improving here, um, which is good news if you have a Mars time lord, such as myself, uh, I've been um, feeling the Mars in exile for the last six weeks or so um, personally. And uh, very much looking forward to Mars gaining dignity. And boy, howdy, does Mars gain some dignity on Tuesday the 19th uh, at what time here? About 2.41 a.m. So very early in the morning on Tuesday, Mars moves into its own domicile, its nocturnal temple of Scorpio, uh, where it has domicile rulership, triplicity rulership by the nighttime, uh, it is the ruler of the first decan or the first 10 degrees of Scorpio, and it is in its, on its own terms in the first seven degrees of the sign. So this week from Tuesday morning on, Mars is extraordinarily strong, uh, and it's supported in doing the types of things that it wants to do. So we'll talk about that a little bit as we move forward and what are the types of things that Mars actually desires. I mean, Mars has a severing quality. It has a speeding up quality. It has the, the quality of taking action, the, the quality of asserting our personal will. Um, Mars in a feminine nocturnal water sign like Scorpio is more kind of like, I've heard it compared to like Batman. So kind of behind the scenes, the protector, the silent guardian, right? The, the watcher. Um, so this is a great time to like, you know, defend the, the little guy in, in your life um, to maybe go into the hidden areas of your life or your psyche and, and root out all the garbage and junk that isn't serving you anymore. Um, and this will be a great time to be able to sustain energy because Mars in Scorpio is a fixed sign where we're able to, you know, when planets get into fixed signs, they are able to kind of sustain their energy a little bit better, for better or for worse. They can get a little bit more stubborn too. Um, but if you are, have a project that you're working on and it requires um, some get up and go, this may be a great time to move forward with that and realize that Mars is going to be supporting those efforts through your ability to sustain effort over time. 
Um, whereas in Libra, it was playing by Venus's rules and it was in a cardinal sign where we may have been, you know, initiating things, but it may have been harder to sustain that energy over time. So really a huge improvement for Mars. And um, so I'd like to hear how that manifests for you. Now, on the flip side, uh, we have to be careful too, because some of the negative qualities of Mars could be um, accentuated as well. Like we may you know, if we get into a fight or something like that, Mars and Scorpio is, is, you know, there will be blood, you know, like, so, so be careful of that too. Like some of the negative qualities can be, uh, if you're not using that energy properly, um, there is a, a, a downside to that too, even though it's in great condition. Um, in general though, the traditional authors talked about the, uh, the more positive sides of a planet being able to manifest when a planet is it has dignity um, the planet acts more erratically or more inconsistently when it's uh, being provided for by a planet that it's not really in alignment with like mars in a venus ruled sign so that's something to consider as we move forward in our week here mercury mercury's condition is going to be improving this week as well it's going to be moving direct um, and it's going to be emerging from under the sun's beams we'll talk about that um, which is a, an improvement condition. It'll be on its own terms uh, <clears throat> throughout this entire week. So Mercury's playing by its own rules. It's still moving fairly slow with the retrograde, right? Uh, but it is starting to kind of gain some speed as it, as it gets further away from the sun. Um, it is going to be stationing direct on the 20th um, to 12 p.m. Wednesday the 20th at about 11 degrees of Scorpio. And uh, as we go through our daily, we'll, we'll take a look at that in more in depth and, and analyze that. But, but mainly when, when Mercury is emerging from the beams, that's kind of an omen that is speaking. That is one of the things that Demetra George and, and um, Robert Schmidt talk about as an omen that speaks. I, uh, I believe um, it was called the condition of Phasus, where we, are pay, we need to pay more attention to the things that happen when a planet makes an appearance in the sky. So this is literally Mercury reappearing in the sky because when it was under the beams, if you go out at night, you aren't able to see Mercury because the, it is hidden under the sun's beams or in the, in the very early stages of the morning or at sunset. But now it will be visible um, in, the, in the morning. I believe Mercury is a morning star. It'll be emerging as a morning star. So if you go out very early in the morning, after Wednesday, you'll be able to see Mercury in the sky, um, whereas before you couldn't even see it. So when that planet or that star, what, whatever we're looking at, the sky makes that uh, appearance, um, that has extra importance as far as uh, archetypal meaning. So really pay attention on Wednesday to if there's something that happens in the Scorpio world area of your chart, there may be some sort of communication that is coming to light and that is, that is going to have some extra importance uh, in your life. Okay, the moon is going to be peregrine in the sign of Leo in the beginning of the week, but it will gain dignity when it moves into the Mercury-ruled sign of Virgo. It has triplicity by the night. Um, when the moon moves into Libra, it will have dignity by Deccan or face in the first 10 degrees, and then it will be in its fall uh, in Scorpio. So not a, not a super awesome lunar week. Uh, the moon also is going to be 
uh, waning this week from the last quarter, uh, which is the square of the moon to the sun, and then moving into the balsamic phase, where it is kind of going into the dark phase of it. So it's not, not the most awesome lunar week, but we are seeing some improvements in some of the other non-lunar planets. Okay, let's take a look at our chart. Speaking of the moon, I wanted to share a little like story about the moon first before we dive into this. Like I, I had an experience in my, um, in my family where I had like a, uh, there was an energy of like kind of a standoff of like wills. And uh, it, this was happening a few days ago. And it was reminding me of a, a previous standoff kind of condition. And I, in the middle of it, I stopped myself. Instead of getting into like some kind of conflict, I stopped and I was like, I need to go like look up what the astrology is right now. And sure enough, that was the, it was the moon and cancer opposing Saturn and Pluto. And I thought that was really interesting. I was like, is this Mercury retrograde thing or what? Like, but it was the moon making an opposition to Saturn and Pluto. And uh, in that moment, uh, I, you know, the beauty of it was I, I recognized a similarity in experience and I was able to say, oh, I see. And I see how this turned out the last time. And the last time there was a lot of hurt feelings. There was a lot of like just lines drawn in the sand. It wasn't good. And then this time, it, you know, took a approach of compromise, took an approach of, hey, look, this is a challenging situation. Let's all try to do the best that we can and not get to this point that we got to the last time. And I think that was a really cool moment as far as learning the value of astrology. Because if we can recognize some certain patterns and then be able to see what the symbols are telling us, and then in the moment, be able to make a different choice as far as how we are going to respond to that external uh, circumstance that comes out, man, that is valuable. Uh, and I think that, that that really is, in a nutshell, um, when we talk about the difference between fate and free will and things like that, to me, that is from what I've talked about with other astrologers, with my teacher Adam Mellenbos, like that right there is the, uh, I think one of the answers to that question is you may not be able to avoid all of the external experiences that you come across, but making a choice in that moment may actually help you to uh, create a different outcome. And that is the, um, the difference between a non-K, which is that ignorance, right? And the, I think it's called pranoia, where you are making a choice based on some knowledge that you have. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. And I thought it was a really interesting realization in the moment. I wanted to share that with all of you um, because I think that's a way to really do astrology well is not expecting to be able to avoid every single event that comes up in your life, but to be able to perhaps make a slight adjustment to our inner reaction to it with that foreknowledge uh, to be able to make a better choice in the moment. And I think that that will lead to, to potentially better outcomes. I think that those are the type of, of things that we may have some control over. And pretty, pretty cool. I, I thought that was a really cool moment. So anyway, uh, I wanted to share that. But let's go into our daily, our daily forecast here. Uh, so Monday the 18th, we see the moon starting out in Leo. 
right here. Uh, and the only aspect we're seeing really of that of the day is a square uh, from the moon to a retrograde Mercury at about 1.53 p.m. in the afternoon. Uh, the moon will be starting off Monday in the disseminating phase before it moves into its last quarter square on Tuesday. And the disseminating phase is like right after the full moon where we are, we've learned some lessons from the full moon. We've, we've tested things and have, we've gotten some feedback. We've gotten some reflection from the relationships in our life. And then we're able to kind of put some of those things and share what we've learned. So we're in the middle of a disseminating phase as I'm recording this. So uh, I just kind of demonstrated um, a disseminating moon anecdote, I think, where I may have gotten some feedback at, through the lunar cycle and I'm sharing what I learned. So that's kind of what we're going to be doing through Monday here too. Um, but the moon's going to be making a square from Leo to uh, retrograde Mercury at about, oh, 12 degrees, 12 or 11 degrees here. Um, so there may be something that, that comes up that you have to review. There may be a contract that you have to look at one more time before you sign it. Uh, there may be some kind of communication that has to go be gone over again. Um, again, with these two fixed signs, Leo and Scorpio, it's important not to get overly attached to your um, sense of pride or dignity um, and make sure that you are trying to be uh, flexibility will be, be a quality that will be helpful when you have a square between two fixed signs because the, the energy of that tends to be um, a little bit stubborn and a little bit like I'm going to kind of, you know, I, it's kind of like a I said it and I'm going to stick by it type of thing. So if you're able to overcome that and recognize that moment on Monday, you might be able to say, ah, okay, this is a point where I may be starting to get entrenched in my own subjective perspective and Mercury is really requiring me to review uh, that perspective and maybe make uh, some adjustments. So that's Monday. On Tuesday, on Tuesday the 19th, we've got a whole mess of stuff starting to happen. Tuesday's a big day. Tuesday and Wednesday, big days in the week. And Sunday's the next day where we have a, a really, uh, a number of very important aspects perfecting. So Tuesday's gonna start off with the moon in Leo. Um, moving from the disseminating phase to the last quarter phase. Um, the last quarter phase will begin around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, um, and then the moon will be moving into Virgo at 8.45 p.m. Um, but let's talk about the last quarter moon to start off. So you can see here that the moon is going to be making a square to the sun, and it is like this, this final square. We've got two points where the moon makes a square. Moon makes a square uh, at about 45, I'm sorry, about 90 degrees away uh, in the beginning of the solar lunar cycle. And then when it is about 90 degrees away from the uh, new moon again. Okay, so the first quarter square uh, is more about how do you initiate some of the impulses that came up during the new moon cycle. Like there may be some sort of crisis bringing those things into form. And this is something I've learned from Demetra George's work, who she was drawing upon uh, work from Dane Rudyard. And I believe there was a, a really good um, talk that was given that I have not been able to absorb yet, but I'm planning on uh, checking it out by Alec Garretts, um, who is a student of Demetra George, that she was a guest speaker in Adam Allenboss's Nightlight Astrology um, course. And 
I believe you may still be able to find that on YouTube or, or something like that. But I'm sure that Alec has some really awesome insights on that uh, eightfold lunar cycle as well. Um, okay, but the last quarter moon is, is kind of about a shift in perspective where it may be an internal crisis where you are experiencing an existential type of questioning of the things that you started at the beginning and trying to bring things to completion. You may be you know, seeing the results of your actions and maybe recons either reconsidering things or there may be something where it causes you to make a, uh, a 180 degree turn. Um, perhaps what you wanted either comes to fruition and it, and it is something that has brought you joy or maybe what you wanted at the new moon cycle did not bring you exactly what you thought it would. And now you're reconsidering and trying to figure out what kind of new seeds you want to plant at the, at the next new moon. And the next new moon we're going to have is in Sagittarius um, pretty at about a week. Okay. So in a, I think uh, next week we're going to have that new moon in Sagittarius. So this is a time of kind of letting things go, of getting rid of the things that didn't work, of assimilating the lessons so that you can plant that new seed. The balsamic moon is all about kind of consolidating everything that you learned into a seed to be planted at the next karmic cycle. Whatever legacy that you want to uh, maintain from that, this last uh, lunar cycle. Okay, so that's something we're going to st start experiencing on Tuesday the 19th. Um, the, the, there's a couple of really big uh, astrological events that are happening on Tuesday. The first one is Mars is moving into Scorpio at 2.41 a.m. And as I talked about in the Essential Dignity Report, Mars gains a whole mess of dignity. Uh, it's going to be in its own domicile, which means that it is in its own house, its own temple, its own sign. Um, it is getting all the resources it needs to be able to do martial things. Uh, we've compared Mars in, in Libra to like uh, trying to go to war and Venus is like, here, here's some pillows, go, go to battle, <laughs> you know, um, here's a, here's a kitten, um, you know, like without claws or something, I don't know. But now uh, Scorpio, the sign of Scorpio uh, is, is, has, you know, it's kind of like Mars has returned back home. He has, you know, got the fortification of uh, all of the weapons that he needs. It's like here, instead of a kitten or a pillow, here's a sword or a machine gun or something very sharp that allows you to do battle or to assert your will. Um, and that can be, like I said, that can be, have du a dual nature to it. The sword is sharp and it can cut through things through blockages, but it can also sever things that maybe um, that we don't want to. So we have to be careful with that energy. Mars, like I said, Mars is just very, becomes very powerful. So we have to wield it um, with um, conscientiousness and grace right? I, I have a friend who does some uh, um, magical things, and they, there's a lot of ethics that get talked about with magical practices, and uh, he's compared um, a spell or whatnot to a knife, and he's like, I can create these things, and, um, but the person can choose how to wield it. A knife can be used to, to, to cut out a tumor, or a knife can be used to kill somebody. And I think that this Mars is a similar type of thing. Um, you can use this to remove some of the barriers in your life and have it have a positive um, connotation, or you could use it as a weapon that just hurts people. So just like I said, 
Just realize, though, that Mars is much more potent in Scorpio. Um, uh, the decan that's associated with the uh, first, the first decan, I'm sorry, the card that's associated with the first decan of Mars is the Five of Cups. So remember, we have this figure that's cloaked with three spilled cups and then two cups that are still upright behind him. And this is about kind of uh, a shift of perspective, right? This is where we may have experienced some losses. Um, but, but if we were able to uh, have the um, quality of gratitude, I think is one thing that's going to be really important because Mars is associated with desire. And our desire nature is probably going to get very strong and we may be just willing to do whatever it takes to move towards our goal. And just be careful that, that you're um, not desiring something that's A, not good for you, or B, if you, are, if you experience some losses in your life in the next little while here, uh, it's important to really uh, use all this extra Jupiterian energy here with <laughs> Venus and, and uh, Jupiter in, in Sagittarius and the sun about to move there. Uh, to really appreciate some of the abundance that still is in your life as we move towards, in, in the U.S., the, the holiday of Thanksgiving. Um, yes, there's some definite uh, mixed feelings about how that holiday came about, but I think the essence of it, um, from what I've experienced, is just gratitude. If you're doing Thanksgiving correctly, gratitude for the abundance that you that you have around you, and, and uh, whether it be through your relationships, your family, through the exchange of food and things like that. Um, that can be something that where we're, as Mars moves through the first decade of Scorpio, kind of really learning to appreciate what you, what you still have, even if you've experienced a loss. Uh, so that, that's the, the, the Mars ingress into Scorpio. Um, the other big thing of the day is Mercury retrograde is going to be emerging from the beams. Okay, so you can see that the, when the, a planet is under the sun's beams, it is within 15 degrees of, on either side of the sun. So it could be 15 degrees this way, it could be 15 degrees this way. Okay? And when a planet is within those 15 degrees, it is overshadowed by the, the light of the sun and, and literally invisible. Um, the ancient authors called this a lying hidden phase. And a lot of the planetary significations were happening behind the scenes. Um, it also considered a weakening position because, you know, the beams of the sun uh, can be life-giving and, and give you vitality. But if you're too close to them, they're kind of burning, burning you up a little bit. Um, so what, when a planet emerges from under the beams, it is a, a condition that it's, it's helping the condition of that planet. But it's also... Uh, making the significations of that planet visible again. So there may be some important communications that come up on Tuesday morning or late Monday night. Um, probably see this into Tuesday as Mercury emerges at about 5 a.m. Uh, and this is going to be an important, important Mercury cycle, um, an important stage of the Mercury cycle where whatever communications you get on Tuesday morning, pay extra attention to it because this is going to be something that may have extra importance in your life. And maybe the, the message that you've been waiting for, or maybe the something that you've been working on behind the scenes is coming to light. Maybe it's a good time to release a project that you've been working on behind the scenes to communicate about it, to try to sell an idea, uh, to maybe 
um, you know, Mercury was associated with commerce too. So maybe this is the time to launch a product or something like that. Uh, this, this is uh, all sorts of things that could be associated with that. You may also start to see the results of the work that you've done while Mercury was retrograde in the sign of Scorpio. Mercury was going through the dark tunnels of our lives and, and starting to get rid of all the junk, you know, like, like the, I think the, it was a great example of Mercury and Scorpio retrograde um, when I cleaned out my email account. Uh, I think it, on the particular day that that happened, Mercury was making a trine um, to my son and uh, it was a positive experience. I was able to go into the depths of communication with all the, you know, the, into the, ton the dark tunnels of, you know, lost and forgotten communications and get rid of the crap that, that didn't belong there anymore. You know, like uh, Mars is something that is great for severing things. So I use that martial energy to just be like, screw it, I'm getting rid of all this stuff, okay? Um, and that's when Mars is really at its best, when it's able to, you know, separate us from the things that we really don't need anymore. Um, so this is something where you may start to see some of the, the benefits of, of that if you've been doing that type of work in your own life. Okay, um, at 7.05 a.m., the moon is going to be making a trine to Venus right here. See that? 21 degrees Leo to about, well, yeah, roughly 21 to 21 degrees Sagittarius. So we may see after that uh, mercurial, um, you know, communication, that coming to light, we may feel a burst of optimism uh, in regards to that. There may be something that maybe the message is good. Maybe the message is leading to some sort of uh, new harmony in our life, something that we've been waiting for, some kind of uh, message to the, that is bringing us a new sense of peace in our life or, or allowing us to take some sort of visionary action. Uh, now, remember that Mercury, I'm sorry, that Venus is a planet that does its best work when we allow things to come to us. So maybe there is an offer that comes. Maybe there's something where we are just opening ourselves up to receive something, uh, something positive with that trine between the moon and Venus early in the morning. Um, then in the afternoon, about 4.06 p.m., the moon's going to be making another trine to Jupiter in Sagittarius. Mer you know, Venus and Jupiter are hanging out pretty close to one another as they move uh, towards their conjunction on Sunday, um, the 24th. So they are closely intertwined right now. So there may be some things in your life that are related. Uh, the, the Venus ruled areas of your chart, um, Libra and Taurus, uh, may have some sort of connection with the Jupiterian or the, the, the jovial areas of your chart. I got to keep catching myself. I had a friend that pointed out Jupiterian isn't probably a word. I think it's jovial, the jovial areas of your chart, right? Uh, which is Sagittarius and Pisces. So those things may be related, but in a, in a good way. The, these are the two benefic planets, Venus and Jupiter, bringing us things that are generally subjectively good, okay, that we like and experience, the goodies of life, the abundance. Um, so we may be getting something like that happening Tuesday uh, as Mars improves its condition, as Mercury makes its emergence from the beams, and then the moon is going to be, you know, hitting uh, Venus and Jupiter from a trine, which are of the nature of Jupiter, bringing us positive things. Now, at the same time, the moon is going to be making a square to the sun in Scorpio around 4.11 p.m. So that's our one challenging aspect of the day. 
So there may be some sort of, uh, you know, again, perhaps there is a conflict between our sense of pride and our need to cooperate with others too. Like Scorpio is, is a, a little bit of a, a merging sign as well. Um, so there may be something where we have to compromise uh, with, you know, our, our martial nature and our solar um, leonine nature. Um, so watch, watch out for manifestations of pride. Maybe, maybe this is, if I were to extrapolate this out, maybe something very good comes up in your life and it would be very easy to get um, arrogant about it and, and to gloat about it and to be like, hey, I'm, you know, my condition has improved. Ha ha. You know, like I would resist that temptation. If something good comes up in your life, uh, it's just as important to stay grounded and balanced as it is when something bad happens. This is something I've been learning as I've been going through uh, some challenges with things that I want and then seeing the condition improve. I had an a experience like this the other day where I got some good news and it was related to the bad news that I'd been experiencing. And I was noticing, I was like, you know, uh, this, this may not be healthy either. Uh, the fact that my emotional nature is so tied to whether the condition is good or bad um, that's still me being spun around in the wheel. And uh, I think one of the goals that I've learned from my teacher, Adam Alambas, is let's connect to the center of the wheel so that we're not constantly spun around by the changes in fortune, whether for the good or for the bad. This is also what the, the Buddhists talk about as the middle way. So this is something where, you know, try not to get too high or too low because your, your arrogance may tend to... Um, alienate you from the people from some of the good things that you experience with these trines so so try not to get too, too you know too exuberant about sharing your good fortune because your good fortune may be reflective of somebody else who may not be in the best position we all have take our turns being at the top and the bottom i think uh, in certain areas of our life so um, your improving condition could make other people feel either envious or jealous or, or help have them reflecting upon whether, you know, their own circumstances. And I think that if we are, you know, moving gracefully through our own changes, we may not um, ignite the, the flames of jealousy for people to try to knock us down a peg. Does that make sense? So I think that's really important as we move through the end of Tuesday. Um, the moon is going to be sextiling Mars as it moves into the sign of Virgo at zero degrees of Virgo and Scorpio. So per perhaps by the end of the day, we start to, you know, we're, we're out of that Leo moon and moving into the more practical detail orientated sign of, of Virgo, where it's just time to get down to business. We've probably gotten some really interesting messages across the day. We feel some enthusiasm about it. We try to maintain our humility. And now it's time to take uh, practical grounded actions towards the end of the day. Okay. And really just to get down to the details, because maybe there's something, some movement in your life that happens and now it's time to just get down to business. It's like, okay, I got the message I was looking for. And that is initiating all sorts of new, um, you know, practical things that I need to take into account and probably to do. Um, okay. As we move into Wednesday, Wednesday, the 20th, the moon will be in Virgo. It'll have uh, dignity by triplicity uh, in the nighttime. So we have a little bit of a better moon, um, a little bit happier there. 
has a little bit of support from its community. Okay, that's what the triplicity rulerships were associated with the elements. So the moon is more kind of in its element, so to speak, uh, in the nighttime uh, within, when it's in an earth sign. Okay, because the, the moon is the earth uh, triplicity ruler by the night. Um, so we are going to be seeing the last quarter moon phase still continuing. And uh, the moon is going to be trining retrograde Uranus very early in the morning, about 3.12 a.m. or so. You could see that this happened around three degrees. Okay, where are we at here? There we go. There's a trine that's happening between Mercury and Uranus. So very early in the morning, we may be experiencing um, or leading up to that. Anytime that I, I see a really early aspect, like, like when we should be sleeping on the East Coast or something, you can feel that energy the night before um, because the moon has a pretty wide orb of influence. You know, even some authors say that it's up to like, you know, 12 to 15 degrees. So when a moon, the moon is applying to a planet, we're going to be feeling that leading up to the perfection of that aspect. So late Monday night, we may be seeing some actions that we're taking that are potentially in support of um, the new the new revolutionary systems we're trying to bring into our the Taurus ruled area of our chart uh, with Uranus in Taurus. So that is something to consider as we move forward into Wednesday morning. Uh, the other uh, big thing that day is Mercury is going to be stationing direct. Hallelujah, right? Uh, at 2.12 p.m. at 11 degrees of Scorpio. And this is where, you know, Mercury is, you know, switching direction. It's going back from being in the uh, retrograde primary motion of the nature of the divine, and it, it is being able to move forward uh, in the secondary motion of the zodiac, which is more of the planetary will. So it's kind of like now instead of you know swimming against the current and having to let go of the oars, it's like, okay, we can start maybe paddling in the direction of our desire again, and for better or for worse. I, I think that Retrogrades have gotten a real bad rap in astrology, and I, I think that it's important to kind of just see them as another part of the cycle and not like this like horrible thing. There are times in life where we have to, uh, I don't know, let go and let God, let go and let universe, and those are course corrections that are absolutely necessary, and they may not be fun from our egoic human perspective, um, but in the long run, they may be an essential part of our experience. So I think that you know when you're experiencing any type of retrograde, yes, you may your your will and your ego may be frustrated, but that's an opportunity to learn how to surrender and learn how to submit. Um, so hopefully you've done that over the last few weeks with Mercury retrograde, and now you're able to take an action through your will that is more well informed um, after you've gone into the depths of your psyche or the depths of your email accounts <laughs> and cleaned out the crap so that you're able to have a more, uh, more clarity when you are able to take action. Okay. Uh, and, and I want you to look back because the Mercury went retrograde on Halloween at 27 degrees of Scorpio. So that's one thing to re-examine. And then Mercury went into its shadow on the 11th of October. And that's a point where it's retracing its, its steps. So we may be uh, retracing some of the steps that we had um, back in early October. Uh, and that may give you a little bit of insight into what types of things are moving forward again and what, what 
things you were reviewing and how you how to implement those in a, maybe a healthier fashion. Uh, at 4.32 p.m., the moon is going to be sextiling Mercury. So this is another opportunity to um, use Mercury now and get, get more insight into how your communication style is going to work when Mercury is now direct. So potentially now the communications that you were having to review when it was retrograde, uh, the moon's going to be triggering that and hopefully uh, being able to start moving things forward again. Uh, at 11.52 p.m., very late at night, the moon's going to make an opposition to retrograde Neptune in Pisces, so there may be a little bit of confusion or, or some sort of uh, idealization that is happening, or perhaps we are, I think that the other thing I've been noticing with uh, Neptune transits is a, a little bit of fatigue, uh, and with all these ingresses and, and mercurial changes, we may feel just a little bit tired by the end of Wednesday. And it's okay to kind of just kind of try to relax a little bit and recharge, recharge before you go on to the next set of circumstances, um, you know, but be careful of overdoing it with things like escapism or, or things like that. that. That could be a potential hang up when you've got the moon opposing Neptune. All right, let's take a look at Thursday. Thursday, November 21st. Uh, the moon is moving from Virgo into the sign of Libra at 11.20 p.m., still in the last quarter phase. Uh, each of those moon phases lasts for about 45 degrees um, in the eightfold system. So it's kind of like we're experiencing that kind of uh, essential nature of the moon or, or that kind of uh, experience. Now, I don't know if these are hard and fast, you know, demarcations. Um, I'm sure that they're flowing into one another, like the, like the moon's tides would flow. But this is the general type of experience we may be, you know, having with the moon going through those different phases. You know, a new moon and a crescent moon is very different than a last quarter and a balsamic moon phase. A last quarter and a balsamic moon may be much more similar than a crescent moon and you know something of that nature. Okay, so as we move into Thursday. We're going to start off very early in the morning with a trine between um, the moon in Virgo at 17 degrees and uh, Saturn in Capricorn. So again, we may be working within limitations, but that may be a positive thing. The, the trines were the nature of Jupiter, so it may be bringing us some sort of uh, positive experience through coming in contact with limitations or, or a container. Or uh, This may also lend us some ability to work hard as well. Do, do the things that are necessary and do them gracefully. Uh, at 8.41 a.m., the moon is going to be trining Pluto at 21 degrees from Virgo to Capricorn. Uh, again, we, you know, Pluto lends kind of this like nuclear energy behind things. So we may be able to do the hard work and it may be supercharged. We may be able to uh, examine the, the underworld of our lives and have that, um, you know, I love it when we have positive contacts to Pluto because that's kind of the, the toilet unclogging aspect where we're able to examine things that may, we may have kept hidden and maybe unplug them. It's a regenerative aspect where we're able to you know, go through the rebirthing process. It's kind of a phoenix energy. So we may be experiencing that as well on Thursday. Uh, towards the afternoon, it gets a little bit uh, more challenging towards the afternoon where the moon in Virgo is going to be making a square to Venus in Sagittarius and then Jupiter in Sagittarius. Uh, 
at 2.39 p.m. and 7.25 p.m. respectively at 24 degrees with Venus and 27 degrees with Jupiter. Now, this is a square to a benefic, so it's not going to be as rough as it would be if it was a malefic planet like Mars or Saturn, um, but these, these can still bring up some challenges. This may be the challenge of uh, overindulging, of potentially um, the small versus the, the large, uh, because we have the moon and a mercurial sign that is paying attention to the small details of things and wants to separate things out of, into categories, where Jupiter and Venus in the sign of Jupiter and Sagittarius wants to bridge build, wants to expand. So we may run into a, some, some conflict with uh, the practical details of our life coming into some kind of severing quality with the, the larger um, visionary quality, our expansive quality. So uh, just be careful towards the afternoon and Thursday where, you know, if you feel some frustration, because, you know, squares are, I would say squares have this uh, frustrating quality of, you know, they are of the nature of Mars. So there's some friction that happens. So there may be some friction between, you know, your desire to expand and the resources that you have available to you. So this could be like, you really want to start a new project, you're feeling a lot of enthusiasm around it, um, but you have to like, you know, fig buy a bunch of new supplies or something like that. And that, that may lead to a little bit of like worry where, oh man, how am I going to afford all this new stuff? And ultimately, you know, it's going to be for the best, but you have to figure out how to practically implement whatever resources you need to, to gain to, to, move the project forward. So that's Thursday afternoon. Um, the moon will be making a sextile to the sun uh, at 29 degrees of Virgo and Scorpio at 10.31 p.m. So potentially that uh, conflict may start to dissipate towards the end of the day. Friday, the 22nd. Oh, you can see here, this was Thursday. So you can see our square here between the moon and Venus and Jupiter. On Friday, the 22nd, moon starts out in Libra, last quarter phase. And the big thing of the day, the, basically the one, the one thing, the one aspect really, not really the one aspect, the one planetary thing that's going on is we have the sun moving into the Jupiter-ruled sign of Sagittarius. Um, that is a big shift, big shift in the energy that we're experiencing. Uh, the sign of Sagittarius is a mutable, double-bodied fire sign uh, of the element of fire. Uh, so we're, we're going to get a, a big shift from uh, feeling uh, a water, watery emotional nature, um, and we're moving more towards a, the fiery action. Uh, so yes, we have Mercury and Mars still in this water, uh, water element of Scorpio, but one of the ways that we are creating conscious identity and purpose in our lives is moving more towards that fiery goal orientated sign of Sagittarius. So we may see another shift towards more potentially more optimism, more hope, more uh, desire to take uh, positive steps towards our dreams. Um, the, the, the first decade, the first 10 degrees of Sagittarius was ruled by the sign, um, sorry, was associated with the card, the eight of wands you can see here which is one of the only cards, or, or maybe potentially the only card that doesn't actually have any figures in it, but it just has like some kind of motion happening. And these are eight wands that are just speeding in a direction. So this Deccan was associated with speed, 
with motion, with moving towards an intended target. It's a Mercury-ruled Deccan, and Mercury was associated with swiftness as well. You can see that the, um, the archetype of Hermes or Mercury had winged feet, right? So uh, an, a, another association with swiftness and speed. Um, Austin Coppock calls this the poisoned arrow, uh, and he talks about the bow as a vehicle for the arrow, and the arrow being the, the body, and the, the bow being the, the, the vehicle for which we're moving um, the body forward. So uh, it's kind of like, you know, the, the Sagittarius centaur. We've got like the intellect, the top half of the, of the centaur and the, and the horse body moving us forward. You know, we're kind of riding in that, that carriage of the, of the horse legs. Um, so the, in his chapter, and one of the things I like about what he talks about is the need to move towards your chosen goal. And the reason why it's the poisoned arrow, I think, is, is if we aren't moving towards a goal of our choosing, we become a vulnerable to the goals of others, where we may be a host for, I think he compares it to like a virus, where we become like a, you know, a parasite could latch onto us and use us as a vehicle uh, to move towards their chosen goal. Um, and this is something where if we're conscious about what we're choosing to move towards and have something, instead of just like uh, becoming party to other people's goals, we, we have something where we can feel an attachment towards it. Because it, really, a, an arrow without uh, a bow or an arrow without a vehicle or without an intended target is really, it's a limp stick. So we really need to, to get in touch with where we're going and what we want to manifest. And, and I think that's a better way to use this, this Sagittarian energy while the sun is there. Okay, the other cool thing about the sun is it's, it's gaining a lot of resources. It's gaining, it's sitting at the table with uh, both Jupiter, its host, and Venus, um, its uh, it, the other benefic. So we've got two benefics providing for the sun. So this is really boosting our optimism. It's bringing us abundance. This is a great aspect for, you know, Thanksgiving next week or, you know, <laughs> you try not to overdo it, but you may have some just real positive feelings. This is a time of year where <laughs> everywhere you go, you hear Christmas music incessantly playing, um, which isn't necessarily positive, but uh, at least there's this feigned positivity around, around it. Um, and we may see a speeding up where everybody's shopping and things get a little bit hectic. Uh, this was something that was really interesting to me when associating the Christmas season, not necessarily with uh, Capricorn, where it generally, when, when it is Christmas, um, the overwhelm I think that we feel, at least in America in this capitalist society and the way that we've kind of commodified uh, the holiday season is is kind of Sagittarian, really. We've got this this uh, this big jolly, Jupiter, uh, jovial figure with Santa Claus, and we, we are you know it's all about more, 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 and uh, it's a little bit overwhelming. I think that it's hard for me to go out during Sagittarius season because it's just there's the lights, there's the music, there's the the moving around, there's the shopping. It's just all the it's all just a lot for my poor little. Cancerian <laughs> um, sort of hermetic soul. It's just a lot. And uh, that may be a feeling that we start to experience when the sun ingresses into Sagittarius too, as we just, we might be starting to get overwhelmed with, with all the action that is taking place. Um, you know, 
Capricorn's a little bit more um, solemn. Uh, as we actually get done with all the shopping, then we have the, you know, the uh, reflection of the winter solstice. Um, you know, that's the the more you know ritualistic type of things where we're you know getting together and and however you celebrate those holidays, it's, it's a little bit more of a solemn experience than the Sagittarian one. Um, so that is Friday the, the 22nd. The 23rd, the moon will still be in Libra. It will begin the balsamic phase. So you can see now we are roughly between 45 degrees uh, of arc of separation between the moon and the sun. Okay, so the moon is behind the sun now, coming into and losing its light, coming into the conjunction with the moon, the new moon really, next week. So the balsamic phase really is about letting go. Uh, you know, the energy is waning. We are wrapping things up. We are uh, reflecting on, you know, the last lunar cycle. We're, we're trying to, um, you know, consolidate all the lessons that we've learned um, from the last cycle and condense them into a seed to be planted again at the new moon. Uh, so this is time where we may lose uh, steam, where we're just feeling like our energy is starting to wane a little bit. It's okay to rest a little bit. Uh, this will be an interesting weekend because there's a big swim meet that we're going to. We'll see if all the swimmers are tired. <laughs> but uh, who knows? There's, there's all sorts of other stuff going on that weekend, too, that'll be interesting. So on Saturday the 23rd, the moon is making two squares in the, in the morning, one to Saturn. Um, you know, the moon in Libra is going to be squaring Saturn in Capricorn, and then squaring uh, Pluto in, in uh, Capricorn as well. And you remember when we talked about the trines with, with uh, the moon in Virgo, but with the moon in, in Libra, these may be a little bit more challenging aspects. There may be some stuff where we're really needing to compromise and bring things into harmony, but that those compromises are coming into direct conflict with some of the structures in, in our life that are potentially um, immobile. Um, and we may really need to utilize our, our social graces to figure out how to, to move through some of those frustrations. Uh, that's, you know, it's a little bit more of an experience that may be um, harder to deal with. Now, it's one thing to consider with the squares, though. I like to compare the squares as the, the tread on the tires uh, of your life. And sometimes, you know, through the friction is when we, when we create movement, when we create growth. So, so think about it like that. This is the rubber meet, meeting the road. And yes, there is, uh, maybe it's, there's some inertia getting move, movement, but um, eventually some of those experiences might help us move in the directions that, that we need to go to in our life. Okay, in the evening, the moon is going to be sextiling Venus at 27 degrees of Libra and Sagittarius, and then making a sextile to Jupiter. This is kind of a theme of the week. Whenever we're having a planetary aspect, um, like the moon, it's going to be, you know, aspecting both Venus and Jupiter since they're so close together uh, within, you know, an hour of one another generally. Um, so there's, there's going to be kind of things that are all wrapped up. Many areas of our life are going to be triggered at the same time with, with these planets kind of being together. Because remember, those two planets were uh, responsible for providing resources for two different 
uh, areas of our life. Um, so the v Venus is responsible for providing for the Libra and Taurus ruled areas of our life. And Jupiter is responsible for providing for the Sagittarius and Pisces ruled area of our life. So that's one thing you can check on in your natal chart. So like, for example, in this natal chart, this isn't a natal chart. This is just a chart of the day. There's a Aquarius rising and uh, the Venus ruled areas of the chart are the ninth house and the fourth house. So there may be something that is triggered uh, with somebody's belief system, with their higher learning, uh, with their reflecting on the meaning of life that is also connected to their roots or their domicile, that where they live, things that they keep hidden beneath the surface or potentially with one of their parents. Um, so that's something that could be triggered. At the same time, uh, the second house of Pisces and the 11th house in Sagittarius are going to be triggered. And that is where their own resources, how they support themselves, and the groups that they are part of are going to be uh, also activated uh, very similarly at a similar time frame. So those are really a lot. Those are four different distinct areas of your life that may be getting all activated all at once. Uh, and you can, you know, if you want to uh, get a personalized reading uh, to figure out where these activations happen in your chart, uh, feel free to reach out for a, a a reading I do things over Zoom. That's actually a great way that you can support my work too, is scheduling a reading. Um, been, I do a lot of these things right now um, for free. And, and if you actually do want to support continued work here, scheduling a reading is awesome. You get the benefit of having a personalized reading and it helps me to keep the lights on and whatnot. So um, reach out if you want to learn some more. I've been having some really uh, really good readings lately. I've, I've had a few listeners to the... To the um, to the weekly forecast, reach out and get a reading. And it's been really cool to kind of meet some of the um, people I've been interacting with on, on YouTube and through my SoundCloud page. It's, it's kind of a cool experience. So I encourage you to do that. So that is Saturday the 23rd. As we move into the last day of the week, the 24th, uh, have a, that's a busy day. That is one of the, the uh, really high points of the week. We had Tuesday and Wednesday, which is a peak energetic uh, experience and then we have Sunday and Sunday begins with the moon uh, in Scorpio okay uh, let's see there we go oops these are just hours sorry go a couple days in advance here okay so on Sunday the moon is going to be in Scorpio uh, and we are going to see a conjunction between the moon and Mars very early in the morning 6:36 a.m. Now, the moon is in its fall, so the moon is at the bottom of the Wheel of Fortune. So we may be feeling uh, the lunar things are, are not necessarily well supported at this time. And this may be a point in the cycle where we are triggering some of the desires that may not necessarily be the best for us. Um, when the moon is in its fall, like our, our bodies might not be at our best. We may be desiring things that aren't good for us or it might be triggering some conflicts. Now, yes, the moon is going to be co-present with its own host, but we may be seeing this is, this is there's an increased uh, likelihood of potentially some arguments or something where we're moving towards a desire or we're maybe even mourning the loss or brooding over a loss. And remember, we go back to the... the uh, five of cups here. This may be the point in the week where it's very important for you to really be aware of whether you're getting fixated 
Remember, this is a fixed sign, fixated or obsessed with something that we did not receive. Okay. Uh, so really, really challenge yourself to uh, shift perspectives on Sunday and see if you can appreciate what, what you have manifested and what you do have available to you. Um, and that's, it's most important to do that when we are experiencing something challenging. And I think that's when it's when it's uh, most beneficial to to have that inner, inner clarity and awareness. Okay, the other thing that's going to happen very early in the morning, around the same time, is the moon is going to be making an opposition uh, to Uranus. Okay, at three degrees. Okay, uh, so we're going to be triggering potentially some sort of unexpected event over the uh, Taurus and the Scorpio ruled axis of your chart. Uh, in this particular chart, we've got an Aries ascendant. And this may be happening over the second and eighth houses of your own personal resources and the resources that you share with others. So there may be, if you're an Aries rising, you may be experiencing some sort of conflict between uh, what is yours and what you share. Uh, and, and be careful not to get too fixated on like, you know, uh, that type of disagreement. Okay. Yeah, this is a busy day. At 8.33 a.m., Roughly, you know, very shortly after that, Venus is going to be making a conjunction with Jupiter. You can see that right here. Okay. You can see this happening right here at 28 degrees. Now, this is a pretty positive, pretty positive event. Um, we're having one of the most positive kind of things happening and the most crazy, unexpected, uh, disruptive aspects happening all on the same day. Because you could see here, we've got this Venus-Jupiter conjunction, and then we have this Mars-Uranus Mars opposition. Um, and I honestly, I don't know how that's going to turn out. Uh, something unexpected, something really good happening, and something that could be very challenging all happening all at the same time. Okay, Because you've got an opposition, which is the nature of Saturn. But you've got a really powerful Mars coming in contact with the retrograde Uranus here. Uh, but then there's this really, these two benefics are getting together. So potentially uh, something really good could happen. And then, you know, towards the end of the day, it could be a mixed bag. Um, and they are probably connected on some level because Merc, I'm sorry, Venus is the host of Taurus. And that is what is providing for Uranus right now. And the only issue that I'm seeing really is that Uranus is uh, in a sign that is in aversion to its host, okay? So that means it's in a blind spot. So it's a little bit difficult for Venus to provide for Uranus here from Sagittarius because it's, it's, there's no aspect between them. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how that's all going to play out, but we'll see. Some of the themes associated with Venus conjoining Jupiter. Uh, they're going to be conjoining in the third decan of Sagittarius, which is the Ten of Wands. Uh, it is a Saturn-ruled decan. Uh, it was associated with, um, uh, there was in the, in the tarot card, you see a figure that's carrying a burden. He's carrying all, all these, these wands or these sticks, and he's got his head down, and he's like just like, you know, really working very hard. Uh, Austin Coppett calls it the horse's skull. The Book of Toth calls it oppression. Um, this is like where we're carrying the burden 
of our of our chosen goal, and we may be worked to exhaustion. Um, I believe in the book Thirty Six Faces they talk about um, in the second decan we have the unification of the body and the and the spirit and the goal, and then there's a separation that's happening um, in the third decan where maybe we've exhausted some of the the resources or or whatnot, or we, there's definitely sacrifices that are needing to be made. Um, so what do we make of that when we have two benefics in this this particular area of the chart uh i mean i know from what i what i've got scheduled that day uh just an example going to a swim meet and um, my daughter's doing like four events which is a lot so this is like oh there may be this enthusiasm and a lot of thing but she may be pretty tired by the end of the day right she may feel like it's a burden to do that many events and um We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, uh, this is where you kind of are, you know, Saturning up and, you know, doing what is necessary to move forward towards the, the chosen, chosen goal, right? Um, in general, though, and this is some, some notes I took from a really good book that I like uh, that, that uh, my teacher recommended. Um, it's called uh, The Archetypal Universe by Ren Butler. Uh, he, he speaks of grand happiness, optimism, expansive beauty, also indulgence or gaudiness. Uh, Sagittarius was associated with satire, with blowing things out of proportion. You know, mercurial humor is about diminishing things and kind of like, like a, a comedian that would make fun of things by, by making, you know, making it smaller. Whereas the Sagittarian humor may be about like, uh, satirical things where we blow things out of proportion. One, one very uh, Jupiter, uh, jovial <laughs> movie. I'm gonna have to, it's going to take me a while to get out of that habit, Jupiterian uh, habit, <laughs> jovial habit, is uh, the movie Idiocracy, right? Where we take the idea of humanity getting dumber over time and blow it completely out of proportion to create a satire. And that, that to me is a very Sagittarian type of experience or Sagittarian humor. So we may see something like that where we are feeling, uh, you know, this, the, the absurdity of something going on. Uh, and that may be associated with our aesthetic and our taste with, with Venus involved in the mix. This also could be a moment where we have a luxury or extravagance or a garish taste. It, it's important not to over, overspend if, and this is, could be a point where you're doing your Christmas shopping and you're like, oh, I'm just going to get everything for everyone. Um, so I would, I would caution you against that because that could have um, repercussions down the road. doesn't mean you shouldn't be generous with your resources and your time and things like that, but um, all, all, moder all things in moderation, right? That may be difficult during this day uh, because we have a love of, of luxury. Uh, but we may have a nice, beautiful moment, though. These are two benefics getting together and coming together and having a, you know, potentially bringing us some some good experiences. I mean, generally, when you have two benefics uh, coming together and one of them's in their own domicile, that's bringing us good things in a big way. Okay, so <laughs> keep your eyes peeled for that. It could be could be a really really nice, beautiful moment. So that's the good news. Uh, the challenging aspect of the day is this Mars Uranus opposition. And this is a very explosive energy. This is, uh, uh, Ren Butler talks about the urges towards freedom and independence, uh, reckless courage, impulsiveness, rash actions, flashes of anger and violence, um, eruptions of anger or energy, uh, a release, speed, active rebellion, 
Um, unexpected separations and cuttings. This could be something with, with Mars involved, right? Where we have, uh, you know, Uranus is the disruptive element and Mars is something that separates. So we could have an unexpected separation from something. Uh, also, it was associated with heroic feats. If we've got, uh, I believe he, he talked about slaying the dragon or we've got Mars, the sword, uh, you know, coming in contact with the, the beast, right? And being able to sever the, the head of the dragon or something like that. Um, we could have a, an extreme of emotions too, since the moon is involved in this, moon and Mercury, all involved in this, uh, this astrological soup here in, in the mix. We may have a, a, an explosive argument potentially um, that is bringing up you know, difficult feelings. If you've been holding on to a grudge, this could be a time where it kind of, you know, erupts into something that isn't, uh, isn't super healthy. And I will also say, with all of this Sagittarian energy too, this could be um, associated with brutal honesty or bluntness. Sometimes we create conflicts by saying things uh, in a way that is insensitive. This is one of the um, you know, downsides of Sagittarian is, is there, there is, we have arrows of truth, but sometimes we, the delivery that we have is, is insensitive and we have to be careful of that. There may be, you may be uh, expressing a truth, but it may be, you may be expressing it in a way that causes harm. So be, be very careful of like trying to like say, this is the truth and I'm going to, to stand by it and you know, be careful of foot and mouth disease in this, this day too. Because um, that, could, that could really hurt somebody and you may cause a separation that you hadn't intended. Uh, so just be very careful with your energy. Try to remain calm as much as you can. Find a healthy outlet for that energy. Um, I'll be at a sporting event. Um, so my daughter has a healthy outlet. Like, but as parents, we we need to have like a, a healthy outlet for that too. So maybe I'll go for a, a run in the morning or do my own exercises just to to get ahead of the curve here, uh, so that when I when I'm in that environment where all that energy is taking place, I will have a maybe a more of a connection to my own personal center. So that's something to think about too. Okay. Towards the end of the day, the moon will be making a conjunction with a newly direct Mercury again here in Scorpio. Uh, so, you know, potentially communications are highlighted um, where we're needing to kind of, you know, potentially review our thought processes around things. But now we've Mercury is moving forward, so it's going to be triggering some of that. Okay, that's the week. A uh, lot, a lot happening. There's always stuff happening. I mean, this is really the thing. Like, there's always something happening in the sky. Um, I tend to pay attention to the non-lunar aspects that are going on um, because those are tend to be have a little bit more long-term effects because the lunar aspects are are short-lived because the moon moves so fast. Um, so the the perfections of non-lunar aspects could be the coming to a head of something that is more long-term and that we've been working on over a longer period of time rather than the, the moon things, which are more passing things, passing fancies, I guess. Not that they're not important. The moon is the trigger point, um, but it may be, uh, you know, the moon is triggering some of those longer-term aspects. Okay, looking ahead to the week of uh, the 25th through the 1st and Thanksgiving, um, Venus is going to be ingressing into the sign 
the Saturnian ruled sign of uh, Capricorn on the 25th. We're going to have a new moon in Sagittarius, the first decade of Sagittarius on the 26th. And then um, Neptune's going to station direct on the 27th. So that'll be interesting. And then a couple um, aspects. Mercury is going to be trining Neptune on the 28th. Venus is trining uh, Uranus also on the same day. And then Mercury is making a sextile Saturn on the 30th. So that's what we've got coming up the week ahead uh, next week. And um, yeah, hope that you're having a great week. Uh, you know, let me know how things are going. It's a great time to communicate. I love hearing your feedback in the comments on, on YouTube here. And um, remember, there's an audio-only version on my SoundCloud page, Spencer Astrology, Spencer Michelle Astrology. So if you want to just listen to the audio version that's available, make sure you like and subscribe if you aren't already and share it with your friends. And uh, that's about what I've got. So we will see you all next time. Have a good one.